when you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. In a way, Yo, what's up, Red Raider Nation? This is the 2023 debut of the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. My name is TJ Kern. I am your host alongside, as always, my good friend and co-host Blake Hartsfield. Blake, our 2023 debut. I wish it was under better circumstances, but man, what a game that happened this Saturday up in Wyoming. And the Red Raiders definitely uh, definitely uh, broke some expectations there with the loss to Wyoming. It was kind of a surprising L. TJ, this was an unacceptable loss um, for a lot of reasons that we can get into. Um, but to, A, lose the game at all to Wyoming, but to, to do it in the, the, the manner where you were up 17 to nothing seven minutes into the game. And then you go into this offensive shell for three and a half quarters. And um, the defense couldn't get off the field. The offense couldn't sustain a drive. Um, it, it was just a sloppy, disgusting, unacceptable game. Um, and, and really it, it's especially frustrating because of the, um, the hype around the program and everything that we've heard from Coach McGuire, from from these assistants, from from media and Lubbock that's very well connected to the program, being at practices and things, was that this team was legit and that this team was ready to take that proverbial next step and, and to be a top two or three team in the Big 12 and push to make the Big 12 title game. TJ, throw a lot of that away after that first game because unless there's some serious changes, this first game was just pathetically bad. And I did have previous obligations. I'm getting old. I had my 20-year high school reunion this weekend. We had several different events that happened. Got to see a lot of great friends from uh, the past. It was a good time. Unfortunately, it was at the same time as the Tech game. So I did get to see overtime. Um, however, it uh, doesn't sound like I miss Munch offensively as they they – uh, scored 17 points in the first and then didn't really do much until that final drive. Well, TJ, the 17 points is a little misleading as well. Um, so the game starts and, and we got a three and out, which was great. And then we got the ball and the offense looked amazing. They drove right down the field. They scored a touchdown. You're kind of thinking, okay, can't start the game any better than that. Um, and then they come back out on defense and they force a fumble um, that they recover and the offense takes it from a short field and punches it in to make it 14 to nothing. You're kind of going, okay. Like, you know, and that was like five minutes into the game. You're thinking this is going to be a blowout. Um, then the next possession, Wyoming fumbles the football a second time. Um, we recover it. We end up settling for a field goal. And, and that was about the extent of what the offense did for the next two and a half hours, TJ. Um, they go scoreless the rest of the game until your point of the final drive of the game where they were in scramble mode trying to get a game-time field goal, which they were managed to do. Um, so they finished the game with 20 points going into overtime. I know the final score is 35-33, but you don't get any credit for the 13 points you scored in overtime. That's just the reality of overtime football in college. Um, you get credit for the 20, and really you're only, I'm only giving you credit for 10 because there's only two drives you went the length of the field to score those 10 points. Um, against Wyoming, that's just not good enough. Yeah, i tell you what else wasn't good enough, and that was the running game. Uh, Taj Brooks had 40 yards at three and a half yards a carry and a touchdown. And then your leading rusher, uh, carry-wise, was, again, the quarterback. I don't well, know what's up with that. We, we we went through and witnessed a lot of that last year. 
But Tyler Shuck had 15 carries for 36 yards. Yeah, TJ, and I think of those 15 carries, about seven of them came in the overtime period. They kept running. They, they were so desperate and so um, confused as to what they wanted to try to do to attack Wyoming that they reverted back to, to what you talked about last year where all we had was the quarterback run because that wasn't the thing that they were anticipating us doing, so we were able to just kind of abuse it in overtime. But if you're to the point where the only thing you've got is, oh, we're going to run Tyler Shuck on a numbers advantage, that that's way bigger issues to me um, with the offensive system that we can get into here in just a second. Um, but yeah, you couldn't run the ball. I mean, you would like, you know, this offensive line was touted as a group that um, was supposed to be one of the most improved units on the team. And and on pass protection, TJ, they were great. Um, we'll get into Tyler Shuck here in a second, but you know, he, he threw the ball 47 times of those 47 dropbacks. He had a clean pocket 80% of the time. So the offensive line was giving him pass protection. Um, for whatever reason, we were unable to establish a running game against Wyoming. And that's incredibly concerning. Um, Tech is never going to be a team that that relies on the run, but you've got to have the threat of the run in this offense to at least keep defenses honest. And if you can't establish a running game against Wyoming, how do you expect to establish it this week against Oregon or against Kansas State or Texas or TCU or whoever in the Big 12? Anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you if you can't run the ball in Wyoming, how do you expect to run the ball in the Big 12? So and one of the things that we talked about uh, last week – when uh, you know we were preparing for the season, was uh, all the expectations, all the hype, right? Was was the eight and five kind of fool's gold, or were they really a legit eight and five team with all these starters coming back, all the hype, everybody saying that they could be a dark horse to win the Big Twelve, the dark horse for the college football playoff, yada yada yada. And I brought up the point that I I was kind of uncomfortable with all these expectations in Joey McGuire's second year. TJ, I thought the expectations were fair. Um, I still think a lot of those expectations could end up proving to be true. I know that this last game against Wyoming was terrible. And, and again, we're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts of that here in a second. But um, I know it was kind of off air, but we, we were talking about the schedule. And I think I posted this on Twitter last year when the schedule was was released. I said this team's could go 10-2, and two, but I ended up settling on 9-3 and three because I said they would lose a game and have a quote-unquote typical Tech game. They'd lose a game that they shouldn't lose. Well, unfortunately, that that came week one. Um, this is a game you should never, ever lose. And, TJ, I'm going to go as far to say, look, given that you, to your point about the expectations and and the momentum and, and everything coming into this season with this program, TJ, this has got to be one of the top two or three most embarrassing losses in Tech's football program history just given the expectations the moment and the, again the fact that tj you were up 17 to nothing seven minutes into the game against wyoming and you managed to lose that football game yeah and i know that the altitude is is always something that's brought up when you play in denver right mile high or you play up in the mountains um and we're at the flat dusty west texas plains um, so conditioning is always a factor when you go up there, but when your defense is on the field for 34 minutes and you give up 171 rushing yards, I mean, once again, I, I, I didn't get to watch the entire game. I, I haven't uh, been able to break it down that you did, you paid real close attention to it, but, uh, kind of like we talked about, if you, if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run, that's football one-on-one. TJ, the defense doesn't get a pass um, for this game. They were not great. 
Um, for whatever reason, they couldn't figure out, you know, the the incredibly elaborate and complex Wyoming offense were on first down, they they ran it up the middle for three yards. And then on second down, they they ran it up the middle for three yards. Um, and then in third on third and four, they threw a four or five yard pass to number 84, their tight end. Um, and they did that over and over and over and over again in that second half. And for whatever reason, our defense couldn't figure it out. Um, I do, to your point, think that they were a little gassed uh, because they're playing in 7,200 uh, feet in the, in the, in the altitude. Um, and they were on the field for 36 and a half minutes because this offense, which we're about to get into was so putrid and couldn't sustain a drive that Wyoming was able to dominate the time of possession. And we've seen that over and over again, over the years with tech, where with these high powered offenses, where if the offense can't sustain a drive, the defense just gets worn out. And I think that's part of what happened. Um, the more concerning thing to me was that you, a couldn't figure out how to stop a very basic and simple offense, but B to your point, if you can't stop the run, look, Wyoming ran it for 171 yards at four yards of carry against you, just kind of grinding the game out. What do you think K-State's going to do in six weeks when they come to Lubbock, TJ? K-State run for 300 yards on this defense if that's the performance we're going to get. I mean, I watched Baylor last year come into the Jones and and just kill you. So yeah. I've seen it. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but that's something that – those big boys up front. I mean, they came back for a reason. And yeah. well, we talked about the defense. We, we talked about the, the yeah, we talked about the defensive line being the 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 strength of of this team along with the quarterback room. Um, and, and the defensive line didn't get a lot of pressure, frankly, against Wyoming on the the few times he did drop back to pass. Um, and, and they didn't stop the run, so it, it's concerning. But again, I, I'm willing to give the defense. Uh, they're not completely off the hook, scot free, but um, they are not the the uh, the biggest reason that this team lost this game. That's the offense, TJ. The offense was just horrible. And yeah, for for those that that don't know, here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake, the offense was run. Uh, you know, again, this is year two of Tyler shock and you know, when he's healthy, he's been the red Raiders starting quarterback. And you and I had a lot of fun on uh, last year's uh, run on these podcasts talking about Tyler shock and then, Oh, he's hurt. And then, Oh, we really like this kid, Baron Morton. He's the future. And then Tyler shock kept playing uh, when he got healthy and they kept winning. And I was like, be careful. He's got an extra year eligibility and lo and behold, here he is. And I'm not, once again, I didn't get to see the game. I, I can't, I, I can't bash Tyler Shuck. I'm looking at numbers of 31 of 47, 338. I mean, on paper, it looks like a decent game. Uh, I'm not ready to jump off a cliff just yet um, and start a Tyler Shuck versus Baron Morton debate after one game. But look, the biggest thing is that the fan base bought in like I mean hook line and seeker this this fan base is invested again and they expected to come out and go to Wyoming and not only get a victory but get a get a big victory yeah TJ it's not unfair um to your point we, we have had a lot of fun on this podcast with the Tyler Shuck versus Baron Morton uh debate you've always been team Shuck and and I've always been in Baron Morton's camp in my opinion well, hold on, hold on. Don't don't throw me under the bus. No, yeah, no, no, I mean, no, no, like, no, 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 hey, no. You, hey, you've, hey, you've always been a Tyler Shuck guy at heart. Come on now. You might like oh, Baron. I love Baron Morton. We, we can go back and, and find the tape. I mean, I, I like Baron Morton, too. It was just fun poking the bear at you more than yeah. anything. 
Well, my opinion hasn't changed, especially after this past game. But um, here's the reality, TJ. This is you, you touched on it. This is year two of the Tyler Shuck and Zach Kitley uh, partnership, experiment, project, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, he came in. I know he got hurt early last year, but he came in last year with a full offseason of Kitley um, was the start was named the starter. Um, he had a second full offseason. So that's two full years in this system with this quarterback. Um, and TJ, what I saw on Saturday just wasn't good enough. Um, I talked about it a second ago, but you know, they get gifted 10 points. So essentially you had two drives, one at the end of the game when they're playing prevent to not give up the touchdown and you get the game tying field goal. And then your very, very first drive of the game where it's scripted, scripted plays and, and you don't have to make any on the fly adjustments or anything like that. And you went right down the field and scored with your script. Great. Everything in between that, not very good. TJ, you can't blame the offensive line um, for Shuck's struggles. I know the stat line is a little misleading um, with his 31 of 47 for 338 and three touchdowns. One of those touchdowns came in over, maybe two of those touchdowns came in overtime. Um, and, and and then, uh, you, know, you know, just the, 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 the counting yards on 338 is a good number, but the eyeball test tells you otherwise, TJ. They went into a shell for, for two and a half quarters. They couldn't sustain a drive. Um, Tyler Shuck had eight, had, you know, a clean pocket on 80% of his dropbacks, like I talked about. So he was getting time. Um, if you hold the ball for more than four seconds, can't get it out. That's on you. That's not on your offensive line. You had time to throw the ball. You didn't make a read. Um, TJ, I don't know if it's, uh, and look, we, we, we saw some of these struggles last year. It was kind of game to game with Tyler. And, um, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of come down to one of two things, either the coordinator system and play calling isn't good enough. And, if that's the case, maybe a change at offensive coordinator at the end of this year might make some sense for Coach McGuire. Um, or the quarterback that has been selected as a starter isn't capable of running the system or making the um, the necessary uh, at the line of scrimmage adjustments to to run the system properly, right? Yes, the play call comes in, but in this offense, and Kitley has talked about this, is the quarterback has free complete free reign at the line of scrimmage to change the play based on what he sees. Well, something is clearly not working. I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if it's the coordinator. I don't know if it's a combination of the two not being on the same page, but this offense has got some serious issues. And one of the things that we, we talked about last year was the lack of playmaking at the receiver position at times. Um, I'm looking at stats. I see Jaron Bradley, our guy, had eight catches for 88 yards and a touch. And a one, one, Price, one horrible drop in the third quarter. Touch. I, you know, but those aren't exactly Texas Tech air raid spread numbers that you're, you're expecting from uh, – I, I hate to compare anybody to Michael Crabtree, but – you know, a a a prime uh, primetime receiver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, TJ. I don't think it's a lack of weapons. I think he's got plenty of weapons. I mean, Jerron Bradley's a weapon. You talked about it. he had eight for 88 and a touchdown. He had one horrible drop. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, that probably would have been a touchdown. But um, and Chuck made a good to his Chuck's credit. He made a good throw on that play, and it was it's a ball that should have been caught, but. Um, with b- between Bradley and Miles Price, and then this new Dre McCray guy who's like a Jakeem Grant starter kit. He's lightning fast, little water bug of a receiver. Um, couple that with you know the, with Todd Brooks and um, you know your tight ends like Mason Tharp and, and Cup, and you've got plenty of weapons. So it's not a weapons issue. It's not a uh, offensive line issue, other than the offensive line for whatever reason wasn't able to run the ball. 
Um, but when you're dropping back to pass, you've got weapons and you're getting time. So the only things left are the quarterback or the system. And it could be a combination of the two. Um, Tyler uh, is a very good quarterback when he's confident and when things are going well. Um, the second that he hits a little bit of adversity or um, he loses a little bit of confidence in what they're doing, and it's like he turns into a completely different quarterback, um, and, and it's just not good enough to win in the Big 12, TJ. Um, he finished this, this game with a 66.1 QBR rating. Um, that was elevated a lot by what he was able to do in overtime. I think at the end of regulation, the QBR was like a 52 um, and a 52 QBR against Wyoming is just it's just not good enough. Hey, I'm going to bring up a game from last season that was an ugly win. Um, it was a game Tyler Shuck played. It was a game up north, and it was in Ames against Iowa State. That wasn't a very pretty win either. Um, what do you think about just – these guys being up north and I mean, it's, it's August, right? September. It's not, it's not the same as, is that, that Ames game, but that's the game that I, when I was watching at the end, that was the game that I was like, all right, Tyler Shuck's about to take this team down for a win. Yeah. TJ, I don't know that there's, there's a lot of comparisons between those two games, just being up north to your point. I mean, one in Ames, it was 27 degrees and it was not cold at all in, in Wyoming. It was hot. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, there's just not a consistent level of play there. Um, Even the Baylor game where he came in and he, he throws the pick six or whatever. And, like there's good, there's a lot of good and a lot of it's, it's like big swings. There's really good and really bad with Tyler. And, and I think it all comes down to how he's feeling mentally. Um, again, when he's confident and things are working and the offense is in rhythm, he looks like the best quarterback in the big 12, but too many times he gets a little bit out of rhythm. And the second that one thing goes sideways and it's like, he starts overthinking and, and he holds the ball too long. And, and you saw that over and over against Wyoming where he's getting time and he's just not throwing the ball. And then after four or five seconds, now he's under pressure and making a bad throw. And it's like, dude, you had four seconds, get the ball out. This offense is about timing and rhythm and getting the ball out quickly. He's not doing that. Okay. And then let's turn the page a little bit because now you've, now you're on one. Now you're behind the eight ball. Now you're pissed. Now you've got coaches that are mad now you've got players that are mad, and now you've got a very good Oregon team coming to Lubbock, and you're staring 0-2 in the face. And I'm Blake, if this team starts out 0-2, this fan base might burn Lubbock to the ground. You never know. Well, TJ, the, the fan base is already starting to burn Lubbock to the ground. I don't know if you saw the, the post from Cody Campbell, um, which I think was in response to the fan base's reaction to this loss. Um in, in, in on social media and, and everything else. Um, look, that, that post is, is out there on Twitter from Cody Campbell. Uh, it was posted on a couple of different uh, forum websites. So um, it, it's, you know, it, it's something that um, I think we can talk about here. A lot of in that post, I agree with, right. That I, I think Joey McGuire is hundred percent the right guy. This is only his 14th game as the coach. Um, bad nights happen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that uh, clearly this fan base is upset, um, which is why that post came out. And, and 
to to the post credit, I do think we do need to try to rally and, and try to provide a good home field um, for for you know this team against Oregon on Saturday. But you you nailed it on the head, TJ. If we don't get a completely different football team than the one we saw against Wyoming, and I I mean completely different defense is aggressive offensive lines able to open up holes in the running game Tyler Shuck or Baron Morton whoever plays quarterback is able to run the system effectively get the ball out on time um we cut down on the penalties TJ we, we extended so many drives for Wyoming with penalties um and coach McGuire talked about that a little bit in his post game but you know you you played undisciplined football it, let's put it this way if you play the same game Right. You had seven penalties. I'm pulling up seven penalties for 69 yards. If you play the same game that you played against Wyoming, Oregon's going to come in here and beat you by 30. I mean, that's just the reality of it. They scored 81 points in their their opener. Oregon is a perennial top 12, top 13 top kind of program. They're athletic. They're fast. They're big. They consistently put guys in the pros on the offensive and defensive line. Um, you know what you're going to get with Oregon. And if you don't match that level, you're going to get run off the field at home. And let's talk about the Big 12 for a moment. Bad weekend. A horrible weekend for the Big 12. Outside of Oklahoma 73 to nothing romping over Arkansas State, Baylor loses to Texas State. And then how about Coach Prime coming into Fort Worth and beating your wife's Horn Frogs? Well, I think Colorado's actually pretty good, TJ. Dion's kid at quarterback. I don't know if you watched that game or not, but Dion's kid can play a little bit and um, I know Colorado went one in 10 last year, but um, I think they have like 67 new players out of 70 um, prime came in, sold three guys. They could stay and he kicked everybody else off the team. Um, I think they're obviously much better, but you know, at least we're not Baylor. I think Baylor had the most embarrassing loss um, at home to, to Texas state. Uh, but yeah, it's bad weekend for the conference. Texas wasn't overly impressive against rice. Uh, West Virginia loses at Penn state. Tech loses at Wyoming. Uh, TCU loses at home to Colorado. Uh, Houston squeaks by UTSA, which actually I'm a little surprised at. I actually thought Houston was going to lose that game. So the fact that they won it, I think, is a testament to Houston. Because um, UTSA did Donovan play? Yeah, he did. UTSA is pretty good. Um, so I'm a little surprised they they squeaked out a win there. But yeah, it's bad weekend for the conference. Man, and you know, welcome to the nation's official podcast the 2023 football season debut episode with tj kern and blake hartsfield and blake Owen one not what we wanted but you get a home game you get a chance to get a statement win at home and you want to talk about the ultimate motivation for tyler shuck to play well not only is he coming off this loss and the whole entire football building has to be livid that they lost that game. They, they, they're going to want to rebound against anybody. But Tyler Shuck getting to play Oregon where he started his college career. Um, I mean, this is a huge game for the Red Raiders. DJ, it's an important game. Um, to your point, you know, you don't want to start 0-2. That's why this loss against Wyoming um, – is, is so frustrating because coming into the season that the Oregon game was a coin flip at best, right? Like you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year and you're starting to kind of pencil in wins and losses. Oregon was always going to be a coin flip. You know, if you played that game 10 times in Lubbock, it's, it's probably six, four type of series. If everybody plays to their, to their capability one way or the other. Um, but it's a game that you could win. It's a game you could very easily lose. Um, 
you should have never lost this Wyoming game to, to put yourself in a position to potentially start 0-2. And like I said a little bit earlier, I'm not I'm not jumping ship just yet. I neither mean, am I. Not, yeah, neither am I. Neither am I. Typical tech loss. Maybe the timing of it was absolutely the worst because of all the hype and expectations that we came into the season with. But all of your goals are still in front of you. Yeah, TJ, that's that's true. Um, I agree with you. It it was uh, timing wise, it's about the worst loss you could have, and. Not only given the hype and and it's the first game of the year and just the way that the schedule sets up behind it, but um, for me, I keep coming back to the manner in which it happened. Um, you're up seventeen to nothing. You're rolling, and then the wheels fall off. And then, despite all that, you finally and you play your horrible game. You, you're scrambling around at the end. You get it to overtime. TJ had two chances to win the game at the end. Of, at the end of overtime, you didn't do it. If you stop them on fourth and six, you end the game. If you stop them on the two point conversion, you extend the game, and they couldn't get a stop either time. So. Um, Nowhere to look but in the mirror. Uh, I think this coaching staff will tell you that they didn't have this team prepared properly, and I think that's an understatement. Um, I, I think that the players will tell you they didn't give, they didn't play their best game. I think that's an understatement. It was a, it was a terrible game. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to sit here and justify the loss with with excuses for them. Um, it was unacceptable. It can't happen. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. You got to move on. You can't let it define your season. Um, you cannot have a, a carryover effect into this Oregon game in the first quarter where, oh, we're woe is us and licking your wounds. And because look, TJ, if you come in with that attitude and you're licking your wounds and, and you're, you know, moping and, and pouting about how you played against Wyoming, you're going to look up at the end of the first quarter and it's going to be 28 to nothing. I'm dead serious when I say that. They have got to come out and start this game with some fire, some intensity lean on that crowd that I think will still give them a good home field advantage despite this Wyoming game, but they've got to come out focused and and they've got to try to hit Oregon in the mouth first, because my fear is that if they get hit in the mouth, that they're going to fold. And I hope not. Right. Like that's something that last year's team, they, they, that kind of thing. They bounce back all the time. Every last year's team was the first tech team in a decade with the toughness level to where if they got punched in the mouth, they didn't fold. And I'm hoping that that DNA is still on this team where they got punched in the mouth three times um, against Oregon. Or again, I'm sorry, against Wyoming this past weekend. You, you've got to come out and throw the first punch against Oregon. I, I think that that's really, really important to start this game strong. Um, you cannot fall behind by more than two scores and expect to come back and try have a chance to win that game at the end of the game. That's my opinion. You've got to come out and start well. I'd like to get a lead, but if you go down, you cannot go down by more than two scores. And I have one more topic for you here before we get out on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. Um, I don't get much into high school scores and high school commits and, and, and this and that, right? Like, because it, let's be honest, until they put pen to paper and until they're on campus, um, it none of it matters. I mean, I, I go back to Jarrett Stidham being committed to Tech for four years and then ending up at Baylor, right? So things can happen uh, in the recruiting cycle, but I do want to bring up Will Hammond, a Texas Tech commit quarterback recruit, piled up 807 yards and 10 total touchdowns, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a video Here's game. The numbers, TJ. Here's video the amazing game. thing. They lost the game. 82 okay. to 80, it says. Yeah. 
that that that's such a Patrick Mahomes Baker Mayfield type game to me. It's exactly what it is. I mean, what in that game that you're referencing, didn't Mahomes like set the single game and isn't it still the single game like yardage record for a quarterback passing and and rushing total and he scored I, I I'm drawing a little bit of a blank on what the final score, but I, I'm pretty sure he broke 60 and lost by double digits. If I'm not, if I'm remembering that game correctly against Baker. Yeah, I want to, I want to say Baker and Oklahoma put up something in the seventies. Yeah. I think it was like 70, 72 to 61 or something like that. And it's like you put up 800 plus yards of offense and lost by double digits. But yeah, to your point that that kid looks like he's the real deal. Um, it, it creates a lot of competition in that quarterback room moving forward. Um, obviously I, um, I think, Personally, TJ, this is going to be Baron Morton's team by the end of this year. Um, but if not the end of this year, certainly he is the he is the anointed starter going into next year. No matter what, it will not be a competition. He will be the starter. Um, you've got the kid that is the freshman this year out of Justin Northwest. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's he's in the room. Um, and, and then you've got this Hammond kid coming in, and um, you know it's going to be a it, it's it's a deep quarterback room, which is a great thing to, to have. So that brings me to this. Okay, all the steam on the recruiting trail that the Red Raiders have had lately, all the hype that has gone into that. Does a bad season here uh, throw a wrench in that? Absolutely. I mean, McGuire's a great recruiter, but it's a lot easier to recruit when you've got program momentum, right? And, and you're a program on the rise as opposed to a program that's in decline. Um, and TJ, I, I, we've talked about this last year on the pod, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, this is a really important year to build momentum going into next season, because when Oklahoma and Texas leave this conference, as much as we hate both of those teams and particularly Texas, there's going to be a massive power vacuum at the top of this conference when those two teams leave. Yeah, Texas has been down for a decade, but they're still um, they've still recruit the best. They've still they're still consistently, you know, competing for Big 12s. Um, Oklahoma has been there. They've, they've been the two powerhouse programs, the flagships, quote unquote. There's not going to be that. Somebody has to step up into that power vacuum and become the new flagships of the conference, rather that is Tech and TCU. If that is uh, UCF and BYU, if that is Oklahoma State that gets their stuff back together and, and gets back on track after a, a tough year last year. I don't know. But somebody's going to step into that power void. Um, to me, there's no reason that it can't be you because you are the biggest school left in Texas and the access to the Texas recruiting. And I'd like to think that if the program is moving in the right direction, that Joe McGuire can out-recruit the Houston's, Baylor's, and TCU's of the world and, and put yourself in a position to be a flagship of the new conference. But that doesn't happen if you go five and seven this year. You've got to find a way to get this season turned around. You cannot let this Wyoming game uh, define you and define your season. And McGuire talked about that in his post game. And um, TJ, despite how bad it was, and it was ugly, it was it was a terrible, terrible first game. Um, both sides of the ball, coaching everything, all encompassed. I still believe this team is a good football team. I will go ahead and go out on the limb and say that they find a way to somehow upset Oregon. I'll say 37, 34. I think the over under 67. So. Um, Oregon's a six and a half point favorite. That's actually down a little bit from what it was yesterday. It opened at three last week and then it moved to like eight and a half. And now it's down to six and a half. Um, I'll say tech finds a way to win 37, 34. Um, but they've got to play better and they've got to start this game strong. 
Well, there you heard it from Blake Hartsfield right here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. Uh, wasn't the cheery uh, show that we thought we were going to have uh, going into the Oregon game, right? But that being said, I uh, I definitely think that this is still a huge game. I still think that they have a shot. And Blake is on a limb saying that the Red Raiders are going to bounce back and get a victory. So, uh, Blake, we're on record here. We've said the Red Raiders have, are, are going to win against Oregon. How do we end these things? Wreck them. Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys next week on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake.